All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just gonna haunt me the rest of my life. I have no idea what your situation is, but I feel like we have some kind of uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Great. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. We just got into Vienna today, and we're looking for something fun to do. Sprechen English? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because uh, we speak German for a change. Now I'm gonna call my best friend in Paris, who I'm supposed to have lunch with in eight hours. Okay? Okay. Ring, ring. Pick up the phone. Uh, hello? I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it for lunch today. I'm sorry. I met a guy on the train, and I got off with him in Vienna. We're still there. Are you crazy? Probably. He has beautiful blue eyes, nice pink lips, frizzy hair. <laughs> I love it. I like to feel his eyes on me when I look away. He couldn't possibly know why a night like this is so important to my life right now. But it is. Since we're never going to see each other again, I don't think we should sleep together. Let's see each other again. No, I don't want you to break our vow. Just so you can get laid. <laughs> Men are lucky we don't bite off the head after mating. Certain insects do that, you know, like spiders and stuff. Mm -hmm. We at least let you live. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's movie for debate is Before Sunrise. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is Before Sunrise. Dom, yes. we're here, it's not quite sunrise yet, but we have a very special guest that in her part of the world, due to the longitude, latitude of the Earth's curvature, the way it moves around the sun, the moon, the Earth, the stars, I don't understand how it works, science, she's already experienced the sunrise that we haven't had just yet. So technically she's waiting for the sunset. We'll get on to all of that. Sophie is here. Sophie, thank you. Welcome to the podcast or welcome back. How's it going? Hello, my first movie, very exciting. How are you guys? It is exciting. I'm very well. Dom, how are you? I'm okay. I'm all right today. <laughs> well, let's unpick that. So Dom got punched in the throat this morning. Um, it wasn't by me. No. <laughs> like, podcast more. How dare you? Would you like to explain what happened to you, Dom? Uh, yes. So um, we were... Uh, I did jiu-jitsu and I instruct jiu-jitsu and we were teaching some fairly new people uh, how to do some sweeps and stuff, uh, which involves putting your arm across the front of someone and kicking their leg away so they fall backwards. And, you know, when we demonstrate this, we put our arm across to the opposite shoulder, so the person's opposite shoulder, and you've got kind of good leverage of pushing them backwards and then kicking their leg away so they fall. But the person that I was... Uh, training decided to full-on punch me in the throat as they did this so yes I ended up with a fist in the throat um, and I went back and I was like 
please please don't do that again so yeah my fr- my throat is now incredibly swollen like there's nothing wrong with my neck i haven't got like a weird disfigurement or anything i look normal i just it just hurts to talk <laughs> and breathe and swallow i was instantly concerned because you well, were this- not this is gonna <laughs> i was con- about to say i was instantly concerned because as everybody knows your throat is our money maker but then i realized that could be taken in different contexts and i mean i mean for the podcast we need his vocal cords to be crystal clear i was concerned i've i wasn't i did i not show enough concern uh, uh, via message you did yes since we've got on the podcast you've given little concern well, because I, I know you're fine. You're made of <laughs> liquid metal. Say liquid metal. Liquid metal. <laughs> exactly. So, so well, I'm glad it was but, an accident during sport and not, you know, out on the streets of London just getting punched in the throat. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I, yeah. I'd rather, yeah, the fact that it was a, a mishap at training than, yeah, someone decided to attack me. But hopefully they came off a lot worse. <laughs> But Sophie, you're here as one of our beautiful, wonderful Ultimate Ravens. And so tonight's movie was your choice, Before Sunrise, which is a movie that I can go ahead and tell you right now, neither Dom or I had seen, but not only that, had ever even heard of, um, which is crazy from where I've done research about the movie afterwards. So before we get to our history with the movie which is zero (laughs) or get to i guess our perception can you tell us your history with this movie like the first time you saw it if you can remember and what it means to you so i don't actually know i don't remember how i came across the movie but i remember i first saw it about five years ago now and i remember that moment so clearly when i watched it and afterwards it immediately became one of my favorite movies and even after that first watch, I don't know if it was like the time of life that I was in, but I was very emotional after I watched it. And yeah, and then it's been one of my favorite movies ever since. Same with like, um, cause you know, it's a trilogy, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> like all of them are. Um, but, and then I've also found like no one else has ever seen it. Like, so I've never had anyone to talk about it with. So I just thought it was a good opportunity to, yeah. Well, the fact that you said, so this is partly why I didn't want, I, so when I was messaging Dom earlier and I, he wanted to talk about the movie a little bit and I was like, no, please, we must save it for the podcast. (laughs) But I then said, please do not google it or don't look it up either because i wanted him to not know that there are two other movies meaning no 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 this is good this is the time to bring it up because i want because they're the questions that he might have which i had at the end of the movie of what i have to know what happens next we now know those answers and he doesn't which now puts us back into a one tree hill kind of realm right so we could get a dom prediction and then we'll instantly be able to tell him if he's right or wrong or not so let's hold on to that because there's some predictions we can make at the end of the movie and then as long as you don't mind being spoiled dom which i'm going to assume you don't then you know we can we can come through on that um so okay so that's good so you only saw it five years ago even though this came out in like the mid 90s and had you had you ever heard of it before that no no i hadn't 
I still don't okay. know how I came across it. It must have been on, I don't know, maybe YouTube or something. Or I was looking up, like, movies like this, and then that came up. Okay. Well, then, to switch over to Dom. So, Dom, had not only had you ev- never seen this, had you ever heard of it? No, never. Never never heard of it. And I'm surprised to find out it's part of a trilogy, um, which, is, which seems odd, but also might... Yeah, it might definitely explain a few things, and um, I, I think, yeah, I'll talk a bit more about it in a minute. But I think it, I think it works if it's part of a trilogy. If it's a standalone film, I, I don't think it works. But if it's a part of a trilogy, then there's, there's more to to go on. I think. Okay. Well, again, there's already a lot to unpack from <laughs> those cryptic messages that you just put out, but. Uh, Okay, so, right, there's those parts, but would it also surprise you to know, Dom, that this is in the top 250 IMDb movies of all time? I Not would, only is this would be, one yes. of the one of the top, but also the sequel is in the top 250 as well. So it must be one of only a few movie franchises that has two of its installments in the top 250 movies on IMDb. So is, is it just one and two that are in the top 250 or is three in there as well? Three, three's not in the, no, three's not in the top 250, but I can tell you one and two, I think they both get an 8.1 on IMDb, which is really high uh, for IMDb talk. That's like, and, <laughs> that's and this isn't, this isn't with light votes either. I think they both had like quarter of a million votes like to get that 8.1 and then the third one gets a 7.9 so what i'll tell you as well i I told this to sophie earlier when we were talking on instagram i watched the first one and then finished it and was like what like i need to know the answers how does this not exist and then i saw so before sunrise i saw before sunset and i was like what what is this and i looked and it was 1994 obviously the first one coming out in 95 and I thought it was a remake like I thought it was a reboot and I was like nine years that's not enough time for a reboot and then I I like clicked on it and I was like it's Ethan Hawke it's uh wait where is what's her name it's Julie Delpy I think that's how we say it say her name apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong I was like oh my god it's a sequel instantly watched it and then finished it and was like there's a third one before midnight instantly watched it i watched all three yesterday um like i the first one i'd watched in two parts and then i watched the other two just straight away like stayed up late just had to get had to watch them and that dom's face is shocked right now i can't believe i'd never heard of these films i think they're all fucking awesome like i they're like dom that's really good even if the first one was a standalone film, like it's amazing. Yeah, they got uh, the first. <laughs> all three of them got Oscar nominated for best uh, screenplay. Uh, the first one, uh, Ethan Hawke and I've already forgotten her name, <laughs> Julie Delpy. Sorry, uh, both they both like sort of added some writing to it but they didn't get credited and then for the sequels they were credited as writing so they both got nominated for best writing um yeah so does any of this surprise you dom this additional information the one other bit i'll just add sorry is the two sequels are nine years apart 
So the first movie happens, nine years go past the sequel, nine years go past the finale. Is that intended? Did yeah. They just, the f- they make the sequel intentionally nine years later? They're, when they made the first one, there was never any thought of there being any more. Right. And then there was demand and it did what like did what well, was independent but did you know created i don't know a bit of a cult following uh and then they made the next one nine years later and then they made the next one nine years after that intentionally and the best way to describe you've seen all three of them sophie right i'm assuming yeah. and do you like all three of them yeah love them obsessed <laughs> right that i heard ethan hawke described them as this and i think this is like the perfect description the first one is what if like what if something like this happened or like why the why and then the second one is what could be what should be and then the third one is what is the third one's kind of like the reality of love, the reality of a long-term relationship and marriage, etc. The middle one is kind of like the adjusting or creating of a relationship and what that creates. And the first one is like, not like I'm not going to say like lust, but the initial sort of sparking of the flame. Um, I kind of said it in reverse order. I probably should have said it the other way. But yeah, once you've seen all three of those movies, it really makes sense. Um, sorry, I'm talking a lot. Sophie, what what's your... Talk to us a little bit about did you when you watched the first one, did you instantly watch the other two as well? I don't think so right away. I think I remember I watched them really late at night. And I remember after I watched the first one, I had to just like sit with it for a while. And then I think I watched them, yeah, probably like within the next few days. But um I'm so glad that you did your research because you described all of that so much better <laughs> than I would have. Um but yeah. Well, Dom, let's okay. Well, let's let's just break down the first one, um, and obviously we won't break down the other two, but we can fill Dom in on those blanks, and then Dom, you can let us know some, you know, what what you think, because I can feel that you're maybe not as impressed with the movie as we are. So, but which is really interesting and good to have that perspective, because then we can, you know, get all sides of the coin. But ultimately, the first the Before Sunrise is a movie about an American guy, a French woman that meet on a train going through uh, Germany and they basically get talking. He convinces her to get off of the... We'll go through it in more detail. I'm just giving an overall synopsis. Convinces her to get off the train and they have a night of basically walking around uh, Vienna and it's about the the sparking of of love of a relationship and the fact that they both know it's going to end at half nine the next morning and it all happens in in that night one other thing i'll just say as i just remembered all three films were all filmed in 15 days each like each one 15 days apiece a lot of people think that a lot of the dialogue was improved everything was scripted it was all written on the script it was all meticulously tediously um rehearsed every movement all of it was very uh like orchestrated and i think a lot of people think that they were just sort of told here's the general direction just go and talk but actually it was all written there so yeah okay so 
Dom, first of all, did you see, did you get the Saving Private Ryan connection straight off the bat? Saving Private Ryan? Mm-hmm. What's the Saving Private Ryan connection? Well, asleep on the train for a second, you see someone that was asleep on the train just in the cabin, just right in the opening scene. That was Adam Goldberg. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Mellish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought that when I was looking at it, I was thinking, that, is that... Oh, that's weird, yeah, because he was in like a like an orange and red sort of out or like different coloured outfit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I thought that for uh, for a minute there, I was like, what was he talking about? <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, yeah, it was it was a nice surprise. Uh, for Sophie, if, if you're not that as familiar with Saving Private Ryan, though, you might be. He's also Joey's roommate. That's the see ya pals <laughs> in Friends. Oh yeah, yeah. I only watched Saving Private Ryan for the first time. Like a couple months ago, actually, but I can't oh. remember it. It was the same time I watched like Band of Brothers, and so there's a bit of overlap, and I'm a little bit confused. <laughs> He's the Jewish guy in Saving Private Ryan with the the Jewish American soldier. Yeah, he gets hor- horribly stabbed, yeah. painfully yeah. and slowly at the end of the movie. That's yeah. the one. and That's he's right. Chandler's roommate. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what did I say? Joey's roommate. Yeah. Sorry to throw that in. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You saved the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, people. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I always remember in his... Uh, oh, Chandler says to Joey, Hey, Joey, when did you start using moose in your hair? When he's got the moose hat on? <laughs> great times, great times. <laughs> but, okay, so... Eddie. Eddie, yeah. They meet on the train. Instantly, I was thinking... What a beautiful time that there's no phones. Because everyone now would just be sat there scrolling phones or listening to music. Kind of a, enables these interactions to happen. And then they get to go to the lounge car. Can I ask, was the German and the version that you were watching translated of the couple that were having the argument? Okay. No. Good. Because it wasn't for me either. <laughs> same and i was like oh am i supposed to be knowing what this is or and it's the it's the opening dialogue of the movie as well and i was thinking oh no have i like accidentally put like german dubbing on or something (laughs) but i can tell you that again from researching they're arguing about it says in his newspaper that something like one in 70 people are an alcoholic and the wife says yeah and one of them's you that's what she says and that's what their argument's about but yeah they go to the lounge car and then we we start the 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 conversations um i mean sophie i don't know if you can remember but did you when you from when you first watched it did you know going in that this was going to be what can best be described let's say as like a gentle romance movie you didn't think suddenly Ethan Hawke was going to be like lean over and say, I've got a bomb on this train. And <laughs> it's going to turn into like an action movie. You knew what you was in for. Mostly. Yeah. I kind of went into a blind, but I thought it would be more of like a romantic comedy kind of vibe. Um, so yeah. And what about you, Dom? Like, did you know that, that this is what you was in for? Or did you think there was going to be a twist or turn to it? Um, I wasn't sure about a twist or turn. I thought more romantic comedy vibe as well. I wasn't expecting it to be um, the film. It ended like just that, just that kind of romance. What about you? What were you expecting? What were your expectations as you turned it on? 
I in German. I <laughs> yeah, apart from that, I was like, oh man, I don't know what's going on here. But I had zero expectations. I watched the first 20 minutes like on my phone, like late at night, like Ephany's asleep. I'm like watching it and I was thinking, oh, I, I instantly thought they're going to be on this train the entire film. Like it's going to be just them going back and forth between the, like the carriages. But I thought, yeah, okay, it's going to be like a straight up romance film. And I was surprised when they got off the train and I was like, okay, this is a good part for me to stop and I'll finish the rest tomorrow because it's like a good marker. Uh, and then when he basically he kind of lays out the premise of saying I've got a plane that I'm going to catch tomorrow morning I was just going to sort of walk around would you like to do that with me I kind of then got that that's what this is going to be I then said to Ephany my wife oh you'd like this we should watch this together so I started it again the next day and watched it through with her and I kept saying what do you think do you like it and she was like yeah it's a bit dry, a bit boring. And I was like, okay, I'll turn it off. She's like, no, no, I need to see what happens. And I was like, all right, okay. Watched a little bit more. And I was like, are you liking it more? She's like, oh, it's just nothing's happening though, is it? And I was like, okay, just we'll watch something else. I'll watch no, 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 I need to see what happens. And by the end, she was just completely gripped uh, <laughs> as well as as I was. So, I mean, Dom, let's, let's get the elephant out of the room here. So what... We'll we'll mark this point as they're getting off the train. We'll come back to that. But I'm guessing this wasn't for you, or you're not impressed. Talk to us. I I can really appreciate this film. I think I think it's it's a really nice film, and it's really it's very well put together. It's very well performed. It's very well written, uh, and you can see like the like even the one bit. There's one bit on the tram that really sticks out to me. They're sitting at the back of the tram going through he's got his arm around her and there's like two or three times he goes to move her hair and then she eventually moves her own hair and he's kind of like hiding the fact that he's going to do it and i think things like that are really important kind of elements added into a film and it's it starts to build up the the makeup and the the kind of like the genetics of the film shall we shall we say kind of like that that kind of dna of it but for me i was kind of expecting more of like a romantic comedy rather than just a chance meeting on a train that then develops into this single day romance uh and i guess there, there's no jeopardy there's a, there's no jeopardy in the film other than the fact that he could be a bit of a weirdo but he's, he's he even says if i'm a weirdo you, you can leave me at any time that's not a problem i'm not going to hold anything against you you can just go and get the next train or whatever or you know do whatever you need to do um so throughout the film i'm kind of thinking what what should what should I be expecting here? What sh- what's going to happen next? And it's like oh, we're going to go and see this play, and they're talking to these, uh, you know, two chaps on that on the bridge they were on, and they said go to this place first. I mean, yeah, when they're going to be on the cow, whatever, go to this place first, and then we'll, it, you know, and you can come to the show because it's it, it's right opposite there. And just as the film like continues, I'm in that mode that you're saying Ethany was in of like nothing is really happening and it, nothing's happening for me but again like please don't get me wrong i'm not slating the film or how it's put together i, I think it's fantastically put together and there is great dialogue some of the di- some of the conversations they have are so philosophical and really like that what would you do if kind of conversations and how would you handle this and and the questions that they're asking each other when they're walking along the danube and all of that i think this is really well put together but i just for me i think there's no like that kind of jeopardy element or 
what are we what are we getting to? What are we getting at? What's your what's the purpose of this? Um, and then we get then we just kind of get to the end, and I was like, okay. So <laughs> I wasn't really sure where it was going to go, and then it gets to a point. This is this is why I'm surprised you said it's part of a trilogy. Now now I know it's part of a trilogy. I kind of have understanding that there's a destination, but if it as a standalone film. Uh, it sounds weird because they're on a train. Hard oh, destination, but now, now mm. as a standalone film, let's say like let's say pre, they were going to make a sequel. I don't really see the point of it. But can I can I can I count? Can I just counteract or counterpoint? I guess I appreciate the viewpoints, and I, I mean, I guess it's kind of predictable. I would imagine. I mean, Sophie, did you predict that this would be the situation that I would like it? Don wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um yeah but yeah, i was just hoping that like you guys would at least i guess like appreciate that it's kind of different and like well made which you do don because i don't know like i knew you guys obviously wouldn't do this but i feel like if you're watching the movie and you're just like kind of throwing it on in the background and like you're on your phone and you're not actually watching it um you might think that the movie's boring because when you kind of describe it it's like oh it's just two people talking for you know walking and talking they don't really go anywhere but i don't know but the brilliance is like in the the detail i guess like you were saying absolutely i mean i i, I really like dialogue heavy films i mean things like i mean very different but even things like reservoir dogs that you know pretty much happens in one room there's a sort of film that i could just listen to the dialogue of while like as if it's a podcast because i i could picture it and i could imagine doing that with a film like this as well because Yes, those added touches of seeing her, maybe seeing him trying to like fix her hair and those little nuances and stuff are obviously important. But if you knew the film well enough, you could kind of just listen to it and just appreciate the dialogue. What I would say is that, um, and not that I want to sort of live in the past of previous romantic experiences before my wife, I mean, who I've been with for like 15 years. So we are talking about uh you know teenage to very very just early 20s 21 22 um but i traveled abroad and did a lot of traveling worked in like summer camps in america and then traveled to other countries and i remember having not an interaction like this that's like so powerful and you know love essentially but having these times where you meet someone in another country, in another place, and neither of you are like native there, and having a finite window where you know that this is just encapsulated to not to just one day, usually. For me, it might have been at the summer camp. You know, I had like a summer romance that was with like an American that lasted that summer, you know, so you know it's going to end. Uh, but because it has that kind of element to it, it kind of gives it this more charged sort of it, it heightens things, you know. Um, and so and I've had times like that in other countries and I can kind of f relate to the feeling of it feeling special just because it's in a different place and because there's like a ticking clock to it. 
um obviously none of those relationships are ever like actual relationships are meant to last or anything near to what it is and never near to love or anything like that but because of those elements i was like oh it kind of feels nostalgic of that kind of feeling and i imagine a lot of people can relate can relate to that um and the chemistry between the two actors between the, and between the characters is so sort of magnetic like i don't know if i've ever i mean okay let's think about the most famous kind of love connection that you can think of like uh jack and rose in titanic right like i knew this, you were gonna go there i knew you'd this, say jack the, and rose <laughs> this like murders that like in terms of yeah okay he like sacrificed himself in the water and everything hey, we love titanic we covered it it's a great film but in terms of like actual nuance and depth and feeling like they really felt like they were in love on the screen like i i don't think i've ever seen a film that's been just like this like dom you're saying it hasn't got that it hasn't really got the comedy element to it but it also doesn't have the stakes to it it's just like a straight love film um i don't know i'm talking a lot i don't know sophie what, what what do you think that's exactly how i felt like kind of similar to you so i've been like with my boyfriend now for like eight years but then like before him same as you like in my teenage years and early 20s um definitely had a few you know like holiday romances and um i feel like it just captures that feeling so well and also yeah. like I don't know. Well, in my experience, like when you're on holidays, it's kind of like you can be like whoever you want to be. Like you can just be yourself. You're not caught up in this like, I don't know, like the person you are at home. And um, yeah, it just felt like so real, I guess, to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, let's talk about Ethan Hawke for a minute, just as a individual actor. He's always someone that I've really rated. Um <laughs> Wait, are you actually hot, Sophia? Is that you being hot because we're talking about Ethan Hawke? Oh, hot for Ethan Hawke, especially in okay. the 90s. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, I mean, he he also is kind of like, I don't know if well, we're imagining the character that way because that's how he looks, right? But kind of that I read books, I've got the long hair, I'm wearing a leather jacket, but I'm not wearing it, I'm holding it. Like, it's kind of that... I don't know, like image of, um, I don't know, like, yeah, the sort of good looking traveler guy on a train. Like, I don't know, it's sort of, and, and to her also as like the French guy, it's kind of perfectly cast, but I always rated him. I love him in training day. That's the main thing that I, that I've known him from. Uh, and, and some, some other movies as well, like more recently, I've already forgotten what it's called, that Julia Roberts film that is in on Netflix. Um, does anyone remember what it's called? Day oh, the Earth Stood Still or something. That, that, that film was good. And I've seen him in other things, but this, like, well, now I've seen him in these free films that now I know is something that he's actually majorly known for because I, I didn't know that either. Like, I'm really down to get into his catalogue and watch some more of his movies. I mean, Dom, what's your opinion of Ethan Hawke? Uh, yeah, it, it, he's a great actor. He's uh, incredibly charismatic, like in this in this film in particular. The character's really, like, charismatic but comes across with an element of, like... Um, 
there's almost like an element of uncertainty in himself, like a, 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 a very subtle shyness, but then he's really charismatic again. So it's like, he's kind of playing up to this girl and then the, the deeper she gets to know him, the more he's like, oh, I don't really talk about that. Okay, I'll talk about that, you know, and there's there's a lot coming from him, you know, I actually more drawn to him in this film watching it than I was to her, you know, not saying it that she was terrible, but I think he just kind of owns the room. Do you know what I mean? Even though, you know, I know they're walking around outside, but he, he's kind of, my attention is is, is very much on him. Um, but as, as an actor in general, yeah, he's really good. I think I've seen, I can't remember the film. There's a war film he's in, of course, uh, where he just kind of like, <laughs> loses it a little bit i can't remember what film it is now as well but yeah i, th- I think he's good he's, he's he's quite i don't know what to he's almost like a bit of a an everyman isn't he but he he can but he just does it so well like he's got that he's got that element of charisma where he can play that like pain and and suffering kind of side as well which like in the the film i'm talking about um and yeah I, yeah i like him I think he's good what do you think sophie Quick side note: Did you know that his daughter is um, Maya Hawk from Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah, um, got about that. But um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any interviews of him in real life. But I swear he's just like the epitome of like an artist. Like I swear I've never seen an actor like so passionate about I don't know just anything creative. And I feel like as an actor, especially in this, he's just like so in it. Like he just seems so like a hundred percent present, like in the role. Um, Oh, I think he's a really good actor. I, I saw a really good bit about uh, what well, he was on Graham Norton, which I don't know if you're familiar with Graham Norton, but his, uh, you do, you know him? He's yeah. made it over to Australia. Oh, great. Well, so for anyone that doesn't know, he's a chat show host here in the UK, but instead of having like one-on-one conversations, he has like a sofa f- with like maybe three or four different celebrities on. You would, you would, You'd blatantly recognize him from YouTube and little clips and stuff. He's like an amazing chat show host. He's so quick, so funny. And Ethan Hawke was on there and he was talking about Robin Williams because his breakout role was in Dead Poets Society, which is a movie I've actually never seen. Maybe we should cover that one day on the podcast. Because um, Have you seen it, Dom? Uh, not all of it. I've seen a, a, a fair amount of it. Ooh. And Sophie? I've seen it once. I remember thinking it was really good. Well, there we go. Well, Ethan Hawke was in it and Robin Williams in between takes, he's trying to make everybody laugh. He's like improvising. and But Ethan Hawke was like, this is my big shot. Like I want to be a serious actor. So he wouldn't break. Like he wouldn't laugh at anything he's doing. He's trying to desperately remain in character. So, But the more that he wouldn't break, the more that Robin Williams would like focus in on him, trying to like make him break and making jokes about him or with him or whatever. And so after the film finished, Ethan Hawke thought, oh, he hates me. Like Robin Williams hates me. And he was still studying at like a performing arts school and he gets a phone call at the school and it's this big time Hollywood agent that says, hey, I'm Robin Williams's agent. And he just told me that you're going to be the next big thing. So I should sign you. And he signed Ethan Hawke and he's still his agent to this day. So it's like Robin Williams basically put him on. Um, so there we nice. go. But the other thing through some of my Ethan Hawke 
research who i just love him now uh like what you're saying sophie like all of those parts but also he mentioned the frontal lobe which is you know dom and i have been talking about that on the podcast forever and he was saying that you know he believes that this is in relation to his marriage to uma Furman, which ended in divorce and there's all little bits of controversy about that and he was saying that he got married when he was 27 and he had no business being married like he wasn't mature enough at that point and he said that he'd just seen recently there was a study that the frontal lobe in men doesn't quite develop until they're 28 and he's front he didn't feel like his frontal lobe had quite got there ha 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 like but being serious but probably i don't know maybe tongue-in-cheek a little bit and i thought oh that's funny because i've always thought that my frontal lobe probably developed about 28 and when I was 28 and three months. So I was like, oh, so I'm like three months behind Ethan Hawke. It's not too bad. I don't mind being bested by him, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with him now. So, and then Judy Depley, do we have any familiar knowledge? Did you know her, Dom, at all before this? I don't think so. Sophie, were you familiar with her work? No, and I haven't looked her up in a while, but I remember thinking... Um, you know, I, I have to go on IMDb after everything I watch, of course. Um, I remember I didn't really recognise anything else that she was in either. And she's definitely not as well known as Ethan. But hmm. Okay, well, let's let's talk about some of the, the set pieces here. So, Dom, you obviously mentioned that they're they're on the they're on like the tram after they're, you know, they're getting to know each other a little bit more. It's getting a little bit closer uh they eat in several different places they're playing like ping uh ping ball pin pinball what is it what do you call it pinball um the guy writes writes them a poem milkshake. sophie what would you the milkshake poem sophie what do you think of the poem um <laughs> i was too busy thinking that their reaction so I guess it's kind of similar to the psychic reading, jumping around a bit. Um, the psychic reading in the poem, I just thought like Ethan's, well, Jesse's reaction is Dom and then <laughs> Celine's reaction is you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I always knew that I was a French woman and Dom was yeah. my, Amer- my American <laughs> reading stud. That, uh, But c- just, just on that, I'd just like to say his thoughts and sentiment immediately after it i thought exactly the same thing i thought oh the, the palm reading what a load of nonsense is a load of what crap but I, I was also thinking if you know if she's enjoying it simon is enjoying it then don't <laughs> don't kind of shit on that parade and take that that kind of fun away um because that does that sort of creates a little bit of tension um that the, they're sort of discussing and, and she, actually i think she's quite like yeah it doesn't matter you know it's harmless and you know she's he, she's walked away with 50 shillings or whatever it was and it, it doesn't really matter and the poem when he said i was thinking i just have i just have a poem in my head and whack milkshake in the middle of it and that and that's exactly what he goes on to say which i was like okay yeah that's exactly what i, I would i would have said as well um so sophie you know us too well <laughs> well let's go a little bit earlier sorry we are going to jump around the place but just forgive us it's what we do uh, when they're at it looks like they're going to be at the fun fair but actually they're in some sort of like viewing tower a bit higher and um there's a very skinny cat behind you 
Yeah, I have a hairless sphinx. Unexpected <laughs> guest. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Um, and they have their first kiss, right? They have it there, yes. And it's it's passionate. It's passionate. There's so much, even before that, when they're in like the record shop and they're in the listening booth and there's so much sort of looking back and forth, like one of them's looking at the other one while they're not looking. And But I thought all of that is so relatable to those like very early stages of when you've like met someone and you're not quite sure what you're doing and there's that. It is like an electric electricity, like this excitement of what's going to happen where is it going um i mean sophie was what did you think is this part of why you think the movie is regarded so highly because people can feel that through the screen definitely that was how i experienced it like especially that scene it just feels like it goes on forever in a way and it's just i don't know it captures that feeling so well like you can feel the tension between them Dom, uh, for, as a first kiss, what did you think? Well, it, it was a, a lot of build-up, wasn't it? Because I thought he was gonna, he was gonna maybe try it on the tram, and that was the whole wanted to push her hair to one side. You know, you know, someone's in danger of having their hair brushed behind their ear, which I think is a <laughs> line from Zombieland. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, great that, film, I, yeah, it's a brilliant film. But there was that kind of that feeling the sense that the emotions of the day are like and the the connection between them is growing um i thought yeah it's just it's it's kind of brave isn't it i think very brave for um for her just to to, to be as accepting of it and kind of brave for him to go oh, i'm gonna give this a, i'm gonna give this a try i'm gonna jump back on the train basically say I'm I'm that what if, which is what what you were saying before. Is like in the future you're gonna think, you know, uh, when you're with your husband and you're bored and you're fed up with him. And um, there was that one guy and that one guy I, you know, should have should have just experienced that day. And uh, what a, what a great kind of start. And then building up to this this kind of moment and it it releases a little bit of tension with him. I think I think there's kind of like a uh, well they kiss and then. The, it's kind of a, a relaxing element to it. It's like, oh, okay, we've we've kind of broken that barrier now. We can kind of enjoy um, spending this time with each other a little bit more. And then it kind of leads to let's go and do this and let's go and do that, and um, opens up, I guess, those those deeper conversations as well, which I, which I think is really nice. It's a really good way of of doing it and very well kind of framed. That that time traveling part where like what you just described of you know what if think of this as your time traveling uh she didn't know that he was going to say that that Ethan Hawke was going to say that but she said to him before they started sort of doing it doing the scene that I'm not going to get off the train unless you give me a good enough reason and so he had to come up with what a good enough reason would be for her to get off of the train so some of those parts where it's like they were writing parts and then they didn't get the credit in the first movie oh. so and then it got oscar nominated and uh, even though it doesn't win that's a big deal right when you're still early on in your career when you've contributed things i mean it's a privilege just to be nominated isn't it simon absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and when they start nominating you know podcasts for oscars can you imagine winning an Academy Award <laughs> for talking on Zoom about movies? But 
Yeah, I mean, Sophie, would you have got off the train? Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I liked going off what Dom said is that, like, in those moments, like, say, when they're about to kiss, like, there's no, they don't play any music or anything. It's almost like they just let the moment just, like, happen. And, like, that's what Mm. it feels like in real life, you know. There's no... There's no indie rock montage in the background like in One Tree Hill as much as I would like, but. <laughs> it's so true. If this was One Tree Hill, it'd all be scored to some sort of Fallout Boy song or yeah. something. Or thanks for coming on this walk with me and they've gone like three feet. From... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what I kept thinking throughout this film was, God, their breath, both of their breath must smell terrible. Um. <laughs> They both must smell pretty bad, like as in in general, they haven't washed. Um, and I kept thinking he in particular touches everything. Like he's touching <laughs> the salt pot on the train. He's touching everything on the tram. Like your hands are filthy. Like you need to go and wash your hands. But as I was talking to F about it and she was like, I guess they're in it together though. Like they're equally dirty and equally have bad breath. You know what really got me is his leather jacket and how noisy it was. It's really noisy throughout the whole film. It's really like crink, you know, makes that sort of crinkle. You know, leather jackets with that crinkly noise, that sort of crunchiness to it. And I was thinking, just, just take it off for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna hug or you're gonna do it, just take it, just hold it or like put it on the floor or something because it's really annoying. <laughs> but the rest of it was beautiful. <laughs> and it's summer as well. Yeah, yeah so he's gonna be sweating. Walking. Oh, I would be. and vienna like so bear in mind i went to vienna in september because i fly into vienna to then go to slovakia for for work and it's fucking hot and i mean i know you're in your summer at the moment sophie and it's probably not australia hot but it's it's horrendously hot (laughs) like when you get there uh, and being around the airport and being like near stations and stuff and it's just yeah it's crazy but they both look they both look so fresh well, she does mention that his hair looks greasy, but she likes it. <laughs> she likes The other thing is he looks exactly the same now. Like his hair and everything is just the same, but you know, aged, like grayer and everything. But he looks exactly how you'd imagine. And in the third one, so the third one, eighteen years on from this first one, and uh yeah, they aged completely appropriately. Uh, I mean the fact that there are sequels probably indicate to you, Dom about the ending uh but let's let's not get there just yet but i'm so interested to know what you think happens uh at the end but let's not let's not get to that let's wait that's the crescendo (laughs) what did we think about stealing of the wine glasses and the iou for the bottle of wine because i thought oh this guy is giving them a bottle of wine that's really nice trustworthy i we assume jesse's gonna send him the money but what about the wine glasses though you probably could have asked for them too i don't know what sophie what do you think well i guess by that point in the movie they just decided to have the best you know they were like right we're not gonna see each other again like this is it so i guess they were just in that you know like fuck it adrenaline mentality um i don't know i wouldn't feel too bad about stealing wine glasses but you know i'm glad that the wine was at least approved and that they didn't steal the wine. But I think it's nice that the guy let him have it. Wish more people were like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And Dom, 
Do you think he sent the money for the wine? Uh, I like to think so. I like to think he sent it and there was like an added extra, a little bonus to say thank you. Or maybe if he, he didn't, well, maybe if they went back a year later. I don't know, he might have gone back a year later and just walked in with it and gone, do you know what, a year ago I bought a bottle of wine off you, but here it is. But uh, Or I took a bottle of wine off you. Um, maybe he added a little bit of interest, you know? Maybe I don't think yeah. the the wine actually never gets brought up again in any of the sequels, <laughs> so we can't actually okay. give we can't give you an answer to that. We can all only speculate. What we should do is write uh, a fourth one called um, "Before Something," and then just the the bar owner that they took the wine from is just raging because he never got the money, <laughs> and just is hunting Ethan Hawke. <laughs> That's the jeopardy. That's is there the, we this go. This guy is coming for them. You the, know, like it's Terminator stakes. Ten or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, 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 the stakes have been risen. That's it. <laughs> okay, so they then they go and lie down in in like a field, you know, looking at the stars and everything. Um, Dom, it's kind of left a bit ambiguous as to whether they had sex or not. What did you? What was your take? Do you think did they or didn't they? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I, I. I think she had a really nice kind of way of saying let's not, let's not do that, and let's. Uh, and then I know like things progress and move on, but I, I, I still like to think that she was, she kind of held true to that kind of romanticism and was like, no, nah, let's kind of leave it there. Or we're we going to get into a sequel, and then she's got his baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, a big, a big part of the second one. And we can t- we'll talk about the second one and the third one. Like we'll fill you in on what happens in those ones when we sort of finish wrapping up this one. But a big part of the second one is they talk back over the parts that we didn't know the answers to in the first one. So like the ending of what happened next, but also with that. And in fact, I can tell you, Dom, that they did have sex and they had sex twice. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Once in French and once in German. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. I mean, Sophie, do you remember if you had an opinion when you first watched it? Did you think? Because I think I thought that they that they hadn't, and because of what her rationale was as well. Yeah, I think it definitely feels like they don't. Like when you're watching the movie, it kind of feels like they really do stick to that. So I think that's what I thought at the time. And so much walking, so much walking. They're deciding that they're not going to see each other again, that this is their, they've said, this is their their one night together. Uh, I mean, Dom, how how did you think this was going to end? Like, before we get to the ending, where did you think this was going to go? Uh, I thought it would end in that, but not knowing that it was a trilogy, that uh, they would decide to stay together another night. Let's give it one more night. And that's kind of like we're building to the next day. So then, at least we have an understanding as a as an audience member that this might then continue. Let's let's do, let's give it another night, and let's give it another night, and then like a week's gone by, let's let's give it another night, and then it just grows into something else. You know, I've got to go here now. Come with me. Yeah, and that kind of sentiment. I thought it would grow from there, and it'd be like let's let's add another day to this. But did, you... did you think the same? Did, were you thinking the same, or were you thinking? There, there is a bomb on this train and he's planted it and 
I can tell you now, I was watching the end of this movie like this with like my hands behind my head, like what is going on? And I was like pleading with the screen, do not show me credits. Do not show me credits. Like I did not, I wanted it to go six months later and I want to know like what happened. So just for reminders for people, she's going to get back on the train. They suddenly change your heart what are we doing we 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 should let's meet up again let's meet up again let's do it in a year's time he's like a year a year that's a long time six months let's do it in six months time okay we're gonna meet on this date on this platform at this time in six months which will be on this date you better turn up you better turn up like you know i've got a fly here so just a train for you i've got a fly here and do whatever um so we're kind of left with, okay, maybe this is love. Maybe this is real. Are we going to see this again? Credits. And I was like, what the absolute fuck? And it was put by the writer and Ethan Hawke and Judy Depley that it splits you. If you're cynical and jaded, you think that's it. They're, they will never see each other again. If you're a romantic, you think they will be there again. Or if you're kind of in the middle, you'll think one will show up, one won't, or or whatever. So, I mean, Sophie, what do you remember what you thought? Because at that point, it's a standalone film. So you basically make up what happens next. So what did you make up in your mind? I think I just thought that they obviously do meet again on that date that they set in six months' time. So you were from the romantic perspective. I guess so. <laughs> Okay, and Dom, what did what was your perspective? Or what did you think? What's your prediction? Forget knowing that there's two other films so we can actually tell the tell you the answer before you knew that. What did you think? Uh funny enough, before you gave the kind of three options, I was thinking uh one of them turned up, the other one didn't. So you, so in your mind you were thinking it didn't work out. Like they didn't go off into the sunset together eventually. Yeah. Yeah, it's winter. <laughs> the winter the winter sunset okay so then but what about wash you your, wash your oh, skip over oh, oh of course i was like they'll be there okay <laughs> I was like, of course they'll be there i won't even leave there's no point leaving i'll just stay here for six months not a problem i'll get i'll i'll work in that bar where i got like the free wine i'll work off that wine i'll work my charm he'll get to know me I will then work at that bar. I'll write poetry with my friend that just kind of like lies down on the concrete steps. It's yeah, weird, wasn't it? Not comfortable. <laughs> he looked and chilly. Cold. Give him give him your creaky leather jacket. You know, keep that guy warm. He's there all night. <laughs> at least you're, you know, doing activities to keep you warm. <laughs> you're doing exercises. Yeah. <laughs> with your smelly body. Um <laughs> Okay, well, so what's your actual prediction? Now that you know that we can give you an answer, what do you think actually happened? Well, uh, it's, it's hard to decide because I, right, I initially thought when we got to the end, and as you, you kind of said, Simon, you, you kind of expect something more. And I was thinking, right, I've got to be, I'm going to be honest here, right? I'm going to be really, really truthfully honest. About five minutes in, maybe 10 minutes in, I was thinking nothing's really happening. I was like, like you were saying about Ethany, nothing's really happening. Film continues, nothing's really happening. So I put it on one and a quarter speed because I thought I need to get through this. Cause oh my God. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it in regular time. I watched it. So how did they really sound? Quickly. 
Yeah, it sounded fine. I wasn't, it's not one of the quarter speed isn't that quick. It just gives it that little, gives it that just that little boost just to make it. So, so you, so you lost the romantic pauses. You lost the pause of I'm going to no, stare no, into your no, eyes there's, and there's think about those, things. No, because there's a thing where I want to take a picture of you, and they're still like standing there, and then they have their hug, don't they, and all that. There's still that element. It doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from it. It's just like. Also, I, I needed to be somewhere by a certain time. I thought I'm not going to have enough time in this evening to watch it as well, so I, got, I need to watch it quickly. Um, it's how I get through life. Um, but I sort of half expected him to get back on the train, so he got off the train. Oh, I left her to get on the train. Sorry, and then he's walking away, and then you kind of see him walking around the, and she's sort of sitting there on her own. And I kind of half expected the end of the film to hit him, him to be there suddenly, and then the train starts going towards Paris. Um, I, I kind of got this sense that in six months time one of them doesn't turn up one of them doesn't arrive in it and that their lives then continue they then move on and you said it was nine year gap between one and the other so with this kind of film they're both going to look older there's, there's no way they can avoid it so I, I'm guessing that it's filmed as a nine year gap the next one um, and then you you've kind of alluded to it throughout this conversation is that it's then a conversation like it's I think they'll get back together and then discuss that chance meeting they'll somehow find each other I don't, I don't really know how maybe he's on telly or she's on telly I don't, I don't know um, and discuss that day and the the what if between that day and the and the now. So the, what could have happened between us? So what if I hadn't met my wife? What if I hadn't met this, you know, my husband? What, you know, um, in, in the in-between? I could have actually, maybe I could have come to America and tried to find you um, and so on and so on and so on. But, you, you know, you never you never turned up at the, the station, like, like you said, six months later. But, you know, it's what it is. I'm not sure which one didn't turn up in, my, in the story in my head. I'm not sure. I can't quite decide. I kind of have a feeling that it was her that didn't turn up. But I'm not sure. I'm not really sure why. Okay. Well, we can, we can confirm that what happened was one of them showed up and the mm. other one didn't. Where are you putting your chips? <sighs> Red or black? Red or black? Um, I'm going to say... Oh, shall I change my mind? It's like deal or no deal when you like swap your box <laughs> at the end. Um, okay, I'll say she doesn't turn up. Sophie, what's the answer, please? Correct. Classic Don. Fuck you, Don. Get it. Fuck, fuck <laughs> you, Don. Even on a film that you didn't even like. You watched one on quarter speed. Fucking hell. Do you know what? I was going to change my mind then. I was going to be like, he didn't turn up because he's got to come from America. But no, it's a better story if he comes from America and makes that effort six months later and she's got to come from Paris and doesn't bother. But she doesn't like flying. Maybe the trains are delayed and cancelled because there's a lot of snow. I don't know. You don't know. You well, don't know. We, we do know. So tell us the reason. Why didn't she show up? You're you obviously asking yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm asking you to predict. Tell us, oh. predict why, because we know the answer. So okay. why didn't she turn up? Because she was six months pregnant. <laughs> oh, with Dan Scott's <laughs> baby yeah. for some reason. Yeah. No, do you, do you remember the reason, Sophie? 
Yeah, so um, her grandmother that she talks about a lot in the film actually died and her funeral was on that day. But she actually had every intention of going, but she just couldn't get there. And obviously they didn't exchange numbers, so they couldn't call. And he was left wandering around the station for like a day, desperately looking for her. I, I said to Effany, I was like heartbroken by this. And I said, I was like, but you would call the station, wouldn't you? You you would like, she's like, it's a different time. It's like, no, no, no. If this was me. I I would call the station and be like, go find this guy. There's a greasy haired guy in a leather jacket walking around. <laughs> Just tell him, hey, my grandmother died. I'll be there in two days, three days, a couple days. Depend. I don't know how much she loved the grandmother a lot, I guess. Just, uh, I will be there at some point. Just stay there or just communicate because he's then talking about he was leaving out like little flyers and stuff saying, hey, if you got delayed, you know, I'm staying here or I'm here or whatever. She just never turned up. A couple years later, he writes a book, Dom. Guess what? It's a bestseller. Guess what? Nine years later, he's in Paris on a book tour. Guess what? She turns up. Guess what? The next movie guess what they talk for an hour and 15 minutes the movie is an hour and 10 minutes it gets an 8.1 i couldn't believe it it's like a, the shortest <laughs> film ever guess what dog never noticed that he's married but guess what he's not happy in that relationship oh dear guess what they were writing because he now started writing it a lot of it was truth kind of blended into the character he wasn't happy in his marriage to uma Thurman. It's a whole thing. Uh, she, he has a really great line in it where he's saying, like, you know, it's like she doesn't touch me anymore. And I feel like if she was to hug me, I'd turn into molecules. And then at the end, she hugs him, like Celine, I mean. And she's like, I wanted to make sure you wouldn't turn into molecules. They go inside. There's a whole thing into the apartment. And is this real spoilers? You're never going to watch it, are you, Dom? Uh, I mean, we could have done another two podcast with sophie about the next two but i guess you know we cover the trilogy in one <laughs> soz i couldn't wait nine nice. minutes i clicked i had to buy them as well like this is through amazon oh i had to God. just I was like, i don't care i need to know what happened i'd love it uh, if the two hundred and fifty thousand like reviews it's had is ethan hawk like <laughs> just through different domains he's like yes let's make it a fucking eight so that simon buys it in the future (laughs) i got my (laughs) 7.99 but yeah and then basically she's uh, he's got to get his plane back to america and she's like you're gonna miss your plane and he says yeah i know and it fades to credits so again it's like what what's happening so instantly i go to the third one i didn't have to buy this one it was included in amazon prime but it's nine years later and guess what dom they've got twins but now there's a dichotomy there's a dynamic between the previous wife sorry Sophie, you explain the third one to us if you will because i don't i'm just talking too much oh no it's great you're explaining it a lot better than i would but i guess something to mention is um so Obviously, they've just kept it at three. And then 2022 passed, you know, a few years ago, nine years later, and people were thinking I was waiting <laughs> all year. I was like, come on. Um, and when asked Ethan, like, oh, you know, why isn't there a fourth one? Is there going to be a fourth one? And he says that, you know, at the start of the whole, all the movies, there's a couple fighting on the train. And by the third movie, they are that couple fighting on the train. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nice. I guess that's kind of what it's about in that third movie. It's like 
I don't know. I guess it's like the reality in a way, you know, it really shows like the long-term relationship because they've been together for like nine years at that point. And um, I guess there's just like a lot of bickering, you know, there isn't like that excitement, you know, just like their faces in the third one compared to the first, like they're not as like lit up anymore. And it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of discussion around that and them getting through that. So is the, is the third one just like continuous philosophical discussions about how their marriage isn't kind of working as as good as it used to? And, oh, do you remember Do you remember when we first met and how wonderful that was? Or do you remember when we re-met and how wonderful that was? And then why are we in such a shit state now? Is that kind of it? I haven't seen it in a while, actually. So I think, Simon, you would be better to describe the third one. I saw it like less than 24 hours ago. It's fresh in my mind. Yeah, the third one. So, yeah, the so basically the first one is where they met. Then there's a nine-year gap. That, what is funny, Dominic? It's, it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> I, I watched believe, it. How about this, would you hold this in higher regard than Star Wars, the original trilogy? Yeah. Oh, my God, you would. Oh, my God. Please Definitely. continue. Anyway. Definitely. But but I like Star Wars, the original trilogy, all of them, really. Well, I haven't seen all of them anymore. It's like a million of them now. The last but one, I wouldn't waste your time, honestly. The, dare I say, the original six? I know people will be like, oh my God, it's the original three. Yeah, okay, but we grew up in the 90s. There was three made in the 90s, uh, late 90s. When were they made? Late 90s. Early sure. 2000s? 2000s, yeah. two. Yeah, when we were teen, whatever. So, not you, whatever. The internet, whatever. But, yeah, yeah th- I mean, this has more... Th- this... All three of these have more replay value to me than Star Wars does. Um, and that's I'm not, not just because... I, I enjoy Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but I enjoy heart and emotion and... Um, I, yeah, I think, so what Sophie's saying is completely right. By the third one, first one they meet, then there's a nine-year gap. The second one they rekindle, and then it's like they move their lives. Like, he ends his marriage, and he's got a kid uh, to be with her. He moves from America to Paris. I and mean, we don't know this till the third film, and it's sort of told back to us. So I think the first half of the third film is kind of, and they're all shot in the same way, that it's just them two talking, basically and the first half of the third film's like them basically giving us the events that had happened previously so we know how it all manifested and then the second half is basically them arguing in a hotel room uh about all of the little nuances that happen in relationships and i've heard i from my research and what i'd seen is that's what they wanted to paint is that this is the reality of love and it's so true. I mean, like, um, like when I met Ephany, we had all these like amazing, romantic, beautiful memories that we still talk about and think about now. And um, like, I feel like I pretty much loved her from when I met her. She like walked into the room when I was like work, at, like my first week at work, and it kind of lit the room up, and I was like in awe, and it was this all magical thing. Um, and obviously, fifteen years later, I still feel like that, but also I still have like 
you know we argue about laundry and stuff you know and like who why didn't you unload the dishwasher why did you put too much in the dishwasher you know all the little things that come up and, and did you say because i'm watching the before trilogy leave me alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck star, star wars, wars. Fuck, star wars. <laughs> fuck you anakin yeah but like and so i think it was really good um like it's really good commentary on it filled it feels true to life and so when i'm watching star wars i know it's fiction because there's jar jar binks and some dodgy cgi and whatever when i'm watching this it feels like you're looking into a window of what a real relationship is and i like the fact that you get that you get the this is the not skin deep because it's more than that but the initial lighting of the flame to okay we're moving our lives and making choices to to keep our relationship or make it together and then there's the reality of having to work and we say this a lot on the podcast that a relationship is work i'm not trying to say this from some sort of position like i feel like i know everything because obviously i don't um but i know that it's ups and downs and ebbs and flows and you have to continue to to work in a relationship and continue to like fall in love with the person that you're with because you continue to evolve into different versions of yourself from when you from the experiences you have uh from you know these things that shape you the way that you change in your career in your personal life in your other relationships it's like we always change and so I mean, God, to bring it to One Tree Hill again, this is kind of the point of Quinn and David's storyline in season seven at the moment, right? David kind of changed and Quinn didn't want him to change. She still had this version of him in her mind and she wasn't willing to adapt to that. That's not saying she should have to. That's a whole different situation. You want to hear about that? Listen to our One Tree Hill episodes. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I mean, am I giving it too much credit, Sophie? No, it makes me so happy. That's exactly how I feel about it. And um, I guess people that love the film, like, love it for those reasons, I think. Um, I was going to say, side note, did you find, like, the true story behind the movie? Like, did you read about that with the director? Yes, but tell us about it. Um, Yeah, so, Dom, in the second movie... Um, like Jesse Ethan Hawke, he writes his book kind of hoping that it would lead him to her again. Um, it's revealed. And then in real life, so the director and the writer, Richard Linklater, I think it is, he actually based this movie off a real life experience that he had walking around with a girl in Philadelphia. So he had a night like very similar to that. And But in real life, they actually kept in touch. And then, but eventually she stopped writing and he just thought, I don't know, they just lost touch. And then, so when he was making this movie, he was kind of hoping it'd be a similar thing that she would find him again. But then I think in like 2010 or something, it was revealed that she actually had died back in the nineties at 24 in like a motorcycle accident or something. So yeah. It's a really sad story. Yeah. Super sad. sad. What a kind of, kind of, like great sort of chance encounter uh, I, I, and like kind of to echo what Simon was saying like when you you meet someone and you, you kind of know it's right or it feels kind of special or magical and you know, it lights up the room and stuff it's all those chance encounters and it's kind of what you do with that chance encounter that make that builds it into that relationship so yeah such a shame that um you know that girl sadly died but 
Um, yeah, what a great idea for a, a story on the back of it, I guess. It is super sad, and I read that. It's so, yeah, so sad. Uh, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I feel like this is poignant from what you just said, Dom, about these sort of chance encounters of these things that feel like they're meant to be. But so where when I met Ethany, this was my first week at my first job, like when I was 22, like my first job out, out of university. And on the Friday, I was, so I started on the Monday, on the Friday, Friday the 13th, um, yeah, of November 2009. And I was meant to be trained by this woman that was going to train me on like how to use the admin systems and whatever. This was like sort of like basically like an admin job at a local college here. And uh, like the week before, like that was all booked in. And then like the week, a few days before or a week before something like that, her husband passed away um, really sadly and unexpected. And so she had to go, she was off or had to go to his funeral or wh- whatever the case may be. So because of that, it got switched to Ephany this woman Ethany that was gonna train me uh and it was at this other campus so like I wouldn't have met her like ordinarily otherwise and then yeah I was sat waiting for her to come in she was like 20 minutes late (laughs) and then she came in and there we go it was kind of like she did she like I was in this gray room and she kind of lit the room up and it was like oh wow um but it's like that wouldn't have I like to think of it as out of a really sad thing that happened of this obviously this this person passing away and the end of this relationship that it actually also spawned a new relationship you know because i don't think would we have met without that i don't know but well would it, would, do you believe that you would have do you do you, do you believe in that kind of fate i um, do now because i couldn't imagine being without her so i feel like well if that hadn't have happened i would hope we would have met another way because i'll add I say a little bit of romanticism to, the, to this, but ha- me and my girlfriend um, together, we, we used to work together. But I remember I uh, the, there's we've had like a few moments of like just really, really brief encounters that uh, and then it, it kind of felt like that we were then put together. Do you know what I mean? So I met I was working at a store near where she lived and near another store that she worked in when I worked for the the retail company that I worked for, the, the supermarket chain. And I needed, the, she worked for the, big, uh, the bigger store and I worked in a smaller store and we needed the bigger store to come and collect stuff and just randomly phoned their store manager and said, have you got someone that can come and collect loads of this shit? And she turned up with like with a driver and stuff. So she turned up and took all the stuff and there was like, I didn't I didn't really know her that, that well then um, in those days. So she sort of turned up, had a chat for a bit, talked about this, that, and the other, and then the collectible stuff, and then left. And then, uh, let's say like a year later, maybe slightly less, I would have been per- if it was bang on a year later, it would have been perfect, but I was at a football match with my brother, and bearing in mind there's 62,000 people, I bumped into her, I saw her, and I was like, oh, hi, and, and waved, and saw her, and then there was that. And then a, a few years later, or a little while down the road, we're then put in the same store together, which it, it isn't sort of a, a likely combination of things to happen, um, because you know although we support the same football team and stuff, that which is even better, um, you sort of think uh, to pick that one person out of that crowd and mm. be in that right place at that right time 
it's it's almost impossible. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, so there's well, like fi- well, one in, one in sixty-two thousand well, chance of that happening. I guess. Well, think of it this way: there was a season and a half that me and my dad had a season ticket that were going to West Ham games, and I didn't see you once. Oh, I saw yeah. you once, didn't uh, I? In in Westfield, the shopping centre, like yeah. where the parking was. But yeah, I didn't. So I saw you once out of like what I don't know, thirty games or something. Yeah, but never saw you at the ground. Ever. Yeah, never saw you at the ground. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. there was that, that 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 moment, and then yeah, then put together like randomly to work together as well. So I, I always I always think of that as those brief moments is kind of the world saying it's kind of meant to be you should be together because mm. we keep pushing you in each other's directions so i kind of think if you hadn't if that lady had been pr- available and had trained you something else would have got you to go to that building or something else would have meant you would have to have to go there i quite like to i like i'd like to think that 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 would be true yeah i like happen. i like to think that tr- i like to think that too I, I like to think that too even of uh, of you and me, Dom, as much as we joke about it, but um, <laughs> like because this podcast reignited our friendship because mm. I mean, people know Dom and I were like best friends growing up, and then we went to different schools and whatever, and then this is what brought us back together, and then now we're back, you know, That's we're it. back, Batman. It's Batman and Batman. We don't do Batman and Robin round here. Super, one's Batman Christian and Superman. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, one's Christian Bale Batman, one's Michael Keaton Batman, but they're even Batmans, you know? So <laughs> but Sophie, what about you? I mean, like how did you meet your boyfriend? I feel like if you're comfortable with sharing it, I feel yeah. like, you know. No, of course. Well, I guess this kind of ties into what you guys were saying, but um so the first time I kind of technically met him. I was 14 and with my friends and my friends really wanted to go see this small little band play in the city. And back then you're just like, Oh yeah, I'll go. Like, I don't know what's going on, but that's like exciting. And then, um, so my boyfriend now, like he was in that band. So he's five years older, but, um, basically one of my friends pointed him out and thought he was so cute. Like I remember the moment really clearly and she's still one of my best friends to this day and she became obsessed with him for years after that thought. And then after the show, we got photos with all the band and I was like, oh, whatever. So I actually have a photo with him in 2010. And then That's obviously, crazy. yeah. And then she stayed like a kind of obsessed with him, like following him on Twitter and all that back in those days. <laughs> but there were just this small little band and then the band eventually broke up. And then like six years later, we saw him like at a nightclub and um, like my friend was there and I was like, look who it is. But then like me and him started dancing together and yeah, I said to her, I was like, can I, can I go there? And she said no at the time, but then, but then I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's still she, one of my said best friends. she said no. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, like, you don't actually know him. Like that's kind of like a celebrity crush. And I, I remember saying to her, I was like, it probably won't go anywhere. Like nothing's going to happen. And then here we are eight years later, but I had to, <laughs> I kind of pretended like I didn't know him at the time. Cause I was like, Oh, it's going to sound really weird if I remembered him from a band like six years ago. But yeah. It was a bit freaked out and I eventually show him the photo, but yeah. Well, Pretty so great. Imagine that. Yeah. So was he, was he still in the band at the time you met him? No, no. Like when you met him the second time, I mean, no, no, the band no. had like gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like I love the, pulling out that photo. Like I have braces yeah. and it's like, oh, who would have thought in that moment, you know, like what would come? 
It's almost like the 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 bit of the storyline in the film where she's talking about her first love, or like oh, I think it's like first sexual feelings for someone or whatever. But it's that kind of that moment where she says, "My friend really fancied this guy." Yeah. Mm. And then um, she went goes over and says, "My friend really fancies you," and he's like, "Well, that's a shame because I fancy you or whatever." Yeah. But you know, with a a six year gap <laughs> in your yeah. story of course but yeah, yeah what a great what a great so how strange that must be yeah i suppose for your boyfriend suddenly you go i've got a picture of us from <laughs> six years ago and him be like whoa alarm <laughs> <Yeah>. bells <laughs> yeah, yeah. stalking the long yeah. game that's yeah. so yeah. cool so exactly. how long did it take for your friend to like you know be on side get over it because i yeah. remember then because all happened it happened pretty slowly like we didn't it was like six months of kind of back and forth and talking before we actually got together. And I kept saying to her, she's like, you're texting. I was like, yeah, yeah, but like, I won't go anywhere. I won't go anywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, but then she eventually came around, but she was just like, you can never tell him like, that's really embarrassing. But then it's one of those things like she's always assumed. I obviously told him, but we, yeah, she just doesn't talk about it, <laughs> but it's obviously but did, fine now. Like that's so long ago. Did- did, did, did you did tell you? him? Did you tell him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, then I yeah, right, of course. He was a bit freaked out at first and he was like, no. And I said, I'm like, go to your Facebook messages and search her name. Oh, my and God. Did, it came up in 2010 and she was going, hey, please accept my friend request. Hey, hey. <laughs> and he didn't reply. Oh. Poor guy. Poor Jesse. But, yeah. <laughs> I know and then he was like oh I wish you didn't tell me that like I can't look at her the same but um, obviously they've been around each other so much now like I'm sure like neither of them think about it anymore it's just something to laugh about every now and then I bet I bet she comes around to it whenever she's like visiting you and she comes around she like secretly breaks something yeah like every yeah. time you're like these things keep turning up broken and you're not you'll never know but she's yeah. coming around just like i'm gonna get her back just bit by bit every day you know <laughs> i like yeah. to think she brings little scissors and just cuts the head off any roses or flowers you have in the house just like yeah. you know in That's... the movies and like they move the photo frames like to the back and like they move yeah. in front of it <laughs> Sick. yeah oh wow what a great what? story though yeah. Yeah, great story. All round, great stories. Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, I will just say, I think the third one, oh, well, all of them are really good. Like, I actually don't know if I could even pick, like, which one is the best one. I mean, they're all, because they, they uh, depict different periods within a relationship. But at the end, it looks like they're going to break up. Um, and but then he kind of gets her back on side by sort of going back to the time traveling thing, but doing it from a different angle. Um, and they even talk about some infidelities on both sides potentially, um, which isn't confirmed either. Uh, but I, I like like you, Sophie, was instantly thinking, well, where's the next one? Like, are they going to just do every nine years? But I think Judy Depley, who plays Celine has come out basically saying that I think she's done with acting, um, or not sort of done with the business now. So, uh, as well as obviously the reasons that you said. So I think this is it. I think it's probably just going to remain as a trilogy. But I think it's pretty perfect. It's a pretty perfect trilogy. I'm really grateful that you chose it because so Dom and I have been saying this recently that it's been great to be on this run of watching movies that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I kind of want to stay in this pocket. Like I don't really, I want to keep watching new stuff. It's mm-hmm. so much more interesting. And 
enriching and actually I'm not sure if I'm finding it a bit I don't want to say negative but um I don't want to say unhealthy that feels too strong of a word but something pick your own adjective of continually just looking at the same stuff you know it's like there's not much room for growth you know to and if anything it just puts you back into that period that you were when you watched it so that's it we're meant to be doing Ace Ventura next love that film but we're just going to be talking about when we were 10 and watching Ace Ventura when we were 12 or watching Ace Ventura and all of those things that's great but actually we're here right now like we should Mm. be experiencing new things that we can relate and we can talk about like this film happened in the 90s so it's great to talk about the fact that there's no there's no phones involved and there's the a beauty within that they're reading books actual paper books you know so i don't know i i don't know what do you think dom we need to see some new shit what what are you laughing at i think people still read paper books my friend they know? do not <laughs> i haven't I seen a do. book in years incorrect look at that yeah. look me and sophie still <laughs> read books <laughs> okay you guys don't count because you're good peoples i'm talking about the general public okay are out yeah, there reading right. Kindle. Me and Sophie are the exceptions to the rule, but everyone yeah. uses audio audiobooking or Kindling, aren't they? No, I like audiobooks. Uh, Don't put that in there. No, no, no. But well, I, I'm actually listening to an audio, not right now, but I'm listening to an audiobook. <laughs> and, Jesus Christ, multitasking and reading a paper book at the same time. So I'll listen Wait, to the same. I listen to no different books, different books. So it's technically reading two books at the same time. You what? Yeah. You're reading a book and listening to an audiobook at the same time. Not physically at the same time, but okay. within the same time frame. So I'm reading Patrick Stewart's book physically, but I'm also leading, re, uh, listening to Paul Mullins' The Footballer's book, you know, at, at other times. Okay. I thought and I'd share that with you. Um, Sophie, you <laughs> like to read books. You don't listen to audiobooks. No, I've never really gotten onto the audiobook train just yet, but... I know, I do like this to read books. This is my second audio book. Mm. The only reason I'm doing it is because Spotify let you have a free amount of time. So I put them on 1.3 speed and crack through. <laughs> they give you a certain amount of time a month on the, the plan I'm on. And I, I refuse to pay Spotify any more money than I already do. So you I'm should, not going to upgrade. Exactly. You should listen to Matthew McConaughey's book. It's really good. I like listening to audiobooks when they're biographies and then they're fr- and then it's the person reading them because you're hearing yeah. them tell their story in their own voice. And so it's really interesting. And the Matthew McConaughey one, it's called Green Lights. So good. So good. <laughs> the, the first audiobook I listened to was Louis Theroux's book. And for a month I was... I could only think in his voice. It was really weird. <laughs> he he went to make himself a cup of coffee, but was it a cup of coffee? Nobody knows. You know, it's, it's really sort of weird, awkward voice in my head. I was like, I don't even drink coffee, but it, but I felt <laughs> like I had to. <laughs> well, it's important when it's something like that because it's um, people write in the cadence that they're talking, and so yeah. you want to hear it how that how they're how they're doing it i think i suggested i suggested one to you sophia the eckhart Tolle book which you got to hear it in his voice because it's if you if you well f's read it and she obviously just read it 
from and so you hear it in your own voice i guess but i think for me anyway hearing it in their voice resonates with me further so yeah i did download that i need to start listening to it i started listening to it actually but then i found like unlike a podcast i found i couldn't actually multitask while i was listening to it because i found i was like doing chores and then i was like wait 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 i think i'm missing like good stuff so yeah no i need to listen properly but, oh that's cool you I've been to read that book for a long time so I'm glad we're like sharing resources here you're gonna <laughs> do that you just unlocked a trilogy for me um yeah what well, well, let's let's talk about let's talk about some judgments here so we've kind of gone all over the place with talking about the other movies obviously we're just talking about before sunrise so let's start with you sophie i mean we normally go with a subjective like what does it mean to you personally out of 10 and then objectively with a film critic hat on you can do that dom neither dom or i can because we don't we're this is our first time seeing it so what does it mean to you personally out of 10 and then what does it mean to you what do you think subjective objectively out of 10 might give it the same rating um yeah i think i give it wait am i giving it a number or do we do that yeah out, out of 10 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah just yeah just you um yeah. yeah i think i'd say a nine for both um yeah i guess i've explained like why it means so much to me like i just feel like i just feel like it's so real and it's also like different and interesting and it just captures i don't know like those real experiences that you have like Richard Linklater. Um, quick side note, he has another movie that you should watch, Simon, called Boyhood. And that is one movie. Have you heard of it? I well <laughs> from no, just from the research and seeing that his that he, him and Ethan Hawke and seeing all like the awards that it's like what won or been nominated for, it's next on the list. But I haven't seen it, no. But that's good to say that you're saying it's good. Yeah. I love that it was a uh, because it was a uh, you should watch this one Simon <laughs> like let's just bypass Dom <laughs> no Dom altogether. I actually think you would like this one more maybe it's like less romantic it's not really a romance it's more of a drama <laughs> um uh, okay anyways sure. I'm rambling um no but I think objectively like I don't know at least for me I feel like it's it was kind of different to any other movie that I had seen you know it doesn't have um you know the big blockbuster like kind of style of just like everything's like more heightened and you know like the music and it's like fast paced and cheesy it just felt like you know slow burn and that was like the point of it and yeah I give it a nine and a lot of the dialogue as well I found like because I also I've read the script as well just to like really sink in um even like 30 years later like a lot of the stuff they talk about is still quite relevant today like it's still it's very universal like all the things that they kind of most of the stuff they're talking about so yeah that is why i give it a nine it yeah so but sophie sent me a picture earlier of the script that she has like printed out and there's little post-it notes in it oh that's so cool so cool yeah i love it is it just the first one you read the script for the other yeah. two as well yeah, I didn't want to get too confused <laughs> by reading the others. Um, yeah, I probably never would have thought to do that with other movies, but I guess because this is so, like, dialogue heavy, I thought, yeah, I got a bit more out of it reading it. Did, did you buy the scripts online or did you, like, is there, did you download it and print it? or? Yeah, when I Googled it, it was just the first link that popped up. It was like a PDF you could just download. Yeah. Dope. Mm. Excellent. Love yeah. that. 
I've lost what I was going to say. I was going to say something in connection to what you just said, but it will come back to me. Dom, what what did you think? I just, I guess, an objective view because it was your first time viewing it. What would you give it out of ten? Uh, it's like like I've said, like the film is in, like incredibly well made. It's very well put together. It it's in further context and further understanding that it's part of a. It then grows to become part of a trilogy. That the storyline is actually pretty good you know um i think for me i i could have done with all of that in the one film rather than there being three films right so i I get the the kind of resolution within this film so that would i think that would have helped me that would have been good for 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 me like it like it would have been for you simon had you not known that there were another two films to come and then you had not you hadn't watched them uh you i think you quite possibly be in the same boat but the dialogue is great. The acting is great. Um, it is well put together. It's a decent film. It's not my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve a, a, a decent number. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I, I think, like I said, it's 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 pretty good. But for me, there's no... As a standalone film, there's kind of no jeopardy. And there's kind of like a... What? <laughs> kind of sense to it. Like why <laughs> um so yeah but i but i do think it's a really well put together film and it's certainly good dialogue and the, just those little moments like i was saying at the back of the tram where he goes to move her hair and it doesn't and then he goes to do it again and doesn't you know um that that's kind of throughout the whole film um and with you explaining that it's like everything was like material um meticulously kind of rehearsed and scripted and put together then i think those moments make it even better rather than it being a like chance thing um so yeah I'll, I'll go with like a solid seven and what about you Simon well firstly I I remembered what I was going to say was that in the second one it's the second one I believe they're actually talking about a lot of the stuff that you'll hear Eckhart talking about in what we in in the book Sophie it's quite interesting when they're talking about uh conceptual identity and all these other things uh so that it really does hold up like a lot of the things that they go on to talk about and i guess that just shows how though things are so different like with technology and the way that we interact with the world a lot of the bigger questions you know surrounding the universe and existence and the meaning of life and all of those kind of things just always remain absolute and remain unanswered so and i think they that's a lot of what they're talking about i think i would give this a 10 that sounds may sound crazy but i think this is the best example of a romantic film of that's essentially dialogue that i think i've ever seen and they're all really all i would give all three of them tens like they all feel really unique i like the fact I love the fact that it's a trilogy that I had no idea that it was that. I got so ex- I was so excited by just that prospect alone last night that I just watched you know all, all of them in a row. Um and the second one's literally an hour and 10 minutes. I couldn't believe how short how short it was. I mean the third one was like an hour and 48 minutes to be precise. I'm pretty sure that's how long it was. But yeah, there I I think maybe it's one of like 
the greatest romances Jesse and Celine that I think I've seen and it also just feels realistic it feels real and I like that about the third one that the third one is there it's like they're they're about to have this romantic evening they're about to have sex and then it goes into their arguing and it goes into their friends again they're gonna have sex again to arguing to we're breaking up to we're fine again or we'll be okay and it's like well like this that is life you know it's complicated and you have to work at these things and yeah i really appreciated that about it so yeah i think it's like a really unique experience and i'm and it's not something we would have ever podcasted or spent time talking about it and it stayed with me like the whole of today i was thinking about it so it's a great choice sophie thank you so much for bringing it to the table we look forward to your next choice you know you have to let us know what you're going with next and we'll get a date in for that oh i'm so glad that you liked it and that you like saw it the way that i saw it and both of you appreciated it um one thing actually there was a line wait do we do favorite lines in movies i can't remember sure well I mean, <laughs> sure because i was gonna say I <laughs> there was a line in the movie that i just feel like like sums up the podcast where it's like in the middle of it um celine says like i think i'm always so much more happy with books and movies and stuff i think i get more excited about well-done representations of life than life itself yeah I just thought that was relatable. I had to highlight that. I was like, that's literally like all of us Ravens in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Great choice. Yeah, that yes. is a great line. Well, any final thoughts? Anything we didn't cover to to, to add on? No. Don't think so. Not that, I can, not that I'm standing out. Well, then there it is. That is before sunrise. Sophie, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for picking this movie, though we kind of covered the trilogy, kind of, in part. Um, We will just label this before sunrise, but people that listen will know we kind of spoke about all three of them. Uh, And, yeah, we're looking for... Do you know what your next choice is going to be? Have you already selected? You're going to take time to think about it? I actually have no idea. I just always had this in mind because I've been dying to talk about this movie ever since I've watched it. So I haven't thought yet. Yeah. Well, great choice. Um, yeah. So what, how how will we get out of here, Dom? What? How do we want Dom to do the Ravens chant? I mean, can he do it as Ethan Hawke or can he do it as Judy Depley? I, mean, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Anything else? There's no one else in the film, really. He could be the poetry guy. Yeah. Why don't you write a poem, Dom, quickly? <laughs> and and lie on concrete steps while you do it, smoking a cigarette. Mm. Oh, God. Okay. Shall I just run outside very quickly and just lie on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Dom's lying in a ditch again. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's pretty normal. Um, it was he, he was Austrian, I assume. Do you want me to do it as the, the poetry man? Well, it's up to you, Sophie. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not very good at writing poetry, but <laughs> here we go. Um, uh, think of a word, please. Give me a word, and I'll write it in a poem for you. Good, say a word. Raven. Raven, perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Um, 
Ravens are crazy, but I still like you. Ravens on three. One, two, three. Le Ravens. Ravens. <laughs> Wait, my accent kind of fitted that one time. It did. It worked. <laughs> it stopped.